fast and reports from coastal stations. East Utsira, West Utsira, South West Utsira and North North East Utsira. Wind South West, rain at times, good. Forties, fifties, sixties, Tyne, Dogger, German Bite, French Kiss and Swiss Roll. Westerly becoming cyclonic, good. Right here in London's East End. Operating at any level, any time, anywhere, and with anybody. Who are they? One might be your secretary, your doctor's receptionist, or a dancer in a go-go club. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. now, now Hello, now. and welcome back to Eastcast here on Resonance 104.4 FM and DAB. Eastcast is a monthly delve into the arts, the culture and the community bubbling up in East London, but resonates way beyond this corner of the world. So wherever you are and wherever you're listening, good to have you with us. I'm Pearl Wise and I'm here with Katie Haler. Hello. And Johnny Virgo. Hello, how you and what a show we have lined up for you. The next hour we'll be hearing about UK hip-hop, feminism, radio technology, 21st century dating, life in the East End all held together with the sweet sounds of jazz. And I promise, no mention of anything that rhymes with rump. And I'll be talking to Luke from the Holding Court Hip-Hop Collective about the new stalwarts of the rap scene that you won't have heard about. Now, the 25th of this month marks the UN's annual International Day for the Elimination of Violence Against Women. And all across the UK, women and girls are reclaiming the night, speaking out and marching out against rape and all forms of male violence against women. So on Saturday the 19th of November, in just over a week's time, organisers will be joining potentially thousands of women and girls at Westminster, the meeting point for London's Reclaim the Night March. With preparations underway, I caught up with biggie, busy, <laughs> busy even, busy organisers, Alison and Erin from the London Feminist Network, and they told me what Reclaim the Night is all about. point is to protest against male violence against women, to make ourselves visible, to make ourselves heard, to raise the issue, to raise awareness of the issue. And I'm not saying we're the only you know, way of doing that, but it's, it's another way of doing that. And to really have a sense that... that we as women are powerful together um, and and that there is a movement and we'll continue to fight for change. I'm Alison. I'm one of the steering group members. Um, briefly, I, um, I'm responsible for trying to recruit volunteers to fundraise at festivals during the year. Um, that's like the big task that I, I have and um, also responsible for recruiting volunteers and stewards and putting out publicity. And how about yourself? I'm Erin um, and I'm also a member of the steering group. So this year I've been contacting speakers for the rally at the end liaising with the venue that we have for the kind of party at the end of the march and organising, well, I will be organising the kind of picking up and and getting placards to the the march and taking them away again. So uh, we meet at Great College Street um, and we kind of gather together, hand out placards, um, 
we get all the stewards together probably we meet with the stewards a little bit earlier and just run through again make sure everyone's clear what they're doing and have kind of high vis vests and all of that kind of thing um and then we'll have uh someone to kind of with a megaphone to kind of get everyone revved up and going and make sure we're all kind of ready to go and then we start the march Rico the Night is particularly about um, violence against women and that, and that is on a, a spectrum and as you said there's some of that that is every day that every woman, most women will experience at some point or another whether that's catcalling on the street um, you know we had that whole media kind of stuff around the um, Donald Trump's comments you know that's still fairly commonplace that men talk about women like that what happens on university campuses you know kind of being grabbed talk, like talked to in a way you don't feel comfortable wolf whistled when you know you haven't invited that kind of attention right up to men killing women and so something like two women a week are killed by a, a partner or former partner and now we have this uh law against coercive control as well which is a kind of um i don't know if it's it's a i guess it is a form of violence it's a kind of mechanism to keep women under control um, and to be dominated by men. There's several marches up and down the country. Um, so, I mean, they've been occurring since 1977 and they were sort of restarted in London in 2004 by Finn Mackay. And since since that time, several of us have sort of started around um, the UK as well. Um, so... I think there's one in the Highlands this year for the first time. There's another in Exeter, so they're they're happening everywhere. So I'm 34, and I think you know through the what 80s, 90s, there was somewhat of a backlash against the second wave, and feminism became a bit of a dirty word, and there was sort of less you know less visible kind of feminist activism happening. Or from my from my experience. I couldn't really talk about it or I stopped talking about it and, you know, just got on with things really. And then there has been this resurgence of feminism in recent years and kind of people talking, as you said, talking about gender politics a bit more and having those debates and discussions again. If we're not active, then things go backwards because that's, you know, the dominant culture will or the dominant identity, I suppose, of any kind of social issue will reassert itself. How do people get involved with the march on the 19th of November? So um, the march itself starts at Great College Street. So if you want to just turn up, then um, come to Great College Street at 6.30 on the 19th of November. Um, If you want to get in touch, then we've got a Facebook page, which is Reclaim the Night London UK, or the Twitter handle is at RTN London. We're always looking for volunteers to steward the march. Um, Whether you've got experience or not, it's fine. We run training um, up towards the march so we'll, we'll be holding some sessions so if any women want to get involved and come and steward with us they're welcome we you know we'd be very pleased to hear from you the march is women only if men want to get involved how can they do that during the march um, the white ribbon group um, will meet and, and hold a vigil um, for the women that have been killed by men and so they can join that group and, and after the march we have a mixed rally so they can come and listen to the speakers and come and join us afterwards they can welcome us um to the point you know where we meet at the end um and men are welcome to that we reserved a space in a pub and basically it's a kind of yeah a chance to just 
talk to other women really and again I'd say in answer to your earlier question about what the impact is some of it is about meeting other women and other feminists and you know starting to have some of the conversations as well about what else is going on and what women want to take forward and do together so there's an opportunity there to kind of just well collapse after the march and or you know have a drink and and talk with other women other feminists and male allies Mm. and so for me this is something that gives you energy again to kind of get out there and do more and remember that you have this kind of sisterhood and you know group of women with you and and you're not kind of on your own So as was said there, the march is on the 19th of November. That's the Saturday after this one coming up. And a massive thanks to YouTuber Pam Isherwood. The shouts and chants you heard there were captured by Pam from last year's march. You can find more of her stuff on her YouTube channel, Pam Isherwood. Thanks, Katie. And now for some live music. We have Zenyel here with us in the studio. We're packed very tightly in. And um, they are one of the many acts that make up Jazz New Blood, which is a, a youth collective. And more about that shortly. But first, here's Zenyel playing You Could Like Me If You Tried.
Thank you very much. That was amazing. So that was Zoe Pascal on drums, Lawrence Wilkins on trumpet, and Noah Stoneman on keys, piano. And um, we have with us in the studio um, Patricia, who... What do you do? You kind of... You promote... New- yeah, yeah, basically I created Chess New Blood so that I can mainly, you know, just uh, shout about this amazing new generation of jazz players. And we are putting on a festival within London Jazz Festival, so it's part of the official program on the 13th, the 19th and the 20th of November at Eclectic, which is a, a venue very close to South Bank in walking distance from Waterloo. Uh, Zeniel, they are playing there on the 20th of November, um, and this is between 3 and 7 in the afternoon. Uh, and next, I think, uh, uh, Alex Redoubt, she's also playing on the 13th, which is this Sunday, 13th of November, from 3 to 7. We're going to have three bands there, too, Seed and Tommy uh, Riemann Quartet. So basically, yeah, we just... This is, you know, they are amazing, as you just heard. We did. So we did. they need more places to play, and that's what, what I'm doing, basically. Patricia, Pascal, thank you so much. We're going to hear some more on the show later. Thank you so okay. much for coming thank in, you. and thank, thank you, you, all of the group, for playing. Um, so, Johnny, over to you. Right, that was amazing. The foundation is jazz. Well, I'm a massive hip-hop head, so I always love finding new rappers and beat makers. The UK has got some serious talent right now that isn't being represented in some of the outlets available. So over the coming months, we'll be bringing you on the East Coast show, hip-hop up-and-comers and some greats. But I thought I'd bring a friend, Luke, from the Holding Court family, a hip-hop connective that uh, promotes nights, does a lot of things out there, to talk about some of the freshest acts out there. Luke runs a series of nights across the southeast of England and in East London. Hey, Luke, how are you doing? How are you doing? Thanks for having me on today. Cool. So could you tell us a bit about Holding Court? What is it? Um, basically, I'm a member of uh, Holding Court, which is an independent hip-hop collective, yeah. uh, about four or five members. Um, we come together to put on uh, showcase live UK hip-hop, uh, DJs, MCs, beat producers, um, Ridgie from Reading, uh, outside of London, um, and we recently, three years ago, started doing shows in London. Okay, and so what brought you to London? Whereabouts do you do shows in London usually? Um, we started off at a place called Hysteria in Dalston. Yeah. Um, we were doing shows there for a year, um, and then Juno in right. Shoreditch. Yeah, down there. Um, and more recently, Stereo 92 in Stoke Newington. Okay, and could you tell me something about the history of Holding Court? What brought you together? So um, I moved back from university down on the south coast, um, Hastings, Eastbourne, Brighton, uh, and there was a lot going on. But when I moved back to my hometown of Farnborough, there was not so much, obviously, in terms of nightlife, especially stuff, hip-hop, funk, soul-orientated. But I did have a lot of people around me in my sort of friendship circle. I just happened to know the Farnborough scene, there were a lot of heads around Yeah, yeah, it's crazy for such a small town as well. Like, you know, you don't expect it, but I knew a lot of DJs and they knew rappers as well. Um, And we were able to sort of put on a a little night um, with just DJs at first. Well, he's calling it a little night, but I've been to these nights and they all feature just up-and-coming acts that will blow your mind that are on par with anything you'll hear. And these are like top-class artists that you'll never hear of. So I thought it'd be interesting to bring Luke on and find out about some of the hip-hop acts that you guys won't have heard of yet. 
well, I haven't heard of yet. So sure. what you got for me? Who's Who would you rate as sort of your top? Like your MCs that you <laughs> want to push out. They're not top. You know, there is no top. But people you just like to let people know about and shine a little light on. Yeah, I think, to be honest, like UK hip-hop, it's, it's really underexposed anyway. Mm. Um, so uh, people, if they if they go and check online or something, they'll find a lot of people involved in, in UK rap, um, especially... Uh, Having a look at like the Manchester scene is always good. Uh, Manchester got a healthy scene, in, like cool. from so music. So, what sort historically. of names would you say? Um, the Natural Curriculum. Natural Curriculum. Um, yeah. From Manchester, Blunt Skins. Um, the guy called Ava who makes beats, incredible beats, a lot of dark stuff. Okay. Um, so I'm kind of into my conscious here, for, yeah. as you might have guessed. You, you know me for a little while. So, um, who would you rate out there that's pushing that kind of tip? Um, a guy called Adam the Rapper. Um, also goes by the name of Adam Cameling. He's like a spoken word um, artist as well. So he does like a crossover. Originally met him like down in Brighton, and he, he actually lives up here now and is pretty active in the spoken word sort of poetry scene. But also does some incredible rap as well. So we've had him a couple of times at Holding Court. Yeah, he's definitely worth checking. Um, don't I think like uh, a guy called Oliver Sudden. Yeah, um, he's been around as long as kind of we have, mm-hmm. um, and he's just so active in the UK scene you're likely to bump into him at most hip hop nights yeah he's running a little yeah. thing down on Ray Lane at the minute actually as yeah, well down at exactly. Peck, yeah. yeah really active DJ too so you know he's a, a crossover in that sense as well okay and who would you say are acts that people should just see live so people that uh, might not be necessarily have the best recorded or have the deepest recorded archive but you know what I mean you've just got to see them live you if yeah, absolutely. Um, just recently, uh, last Friday, we had Chrome and Ill Inspired from Norwich down. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing we do is uh, kind of specialise in bringing people from outside the city um, down to perform for us. There's a lot of rappers in London, um, but we also like to get people onto the stage uh, down here. So I say Chrome and Ill Inspired, they've been going for a long, long time, like since I was young. Um, mm-hmm. they, they've been doing rap and hip hop. And they're just incredible. Um, but still, you know, after being um, involved in UK hip hop for so long, they still haven't got a, a huge following. Yeah. Um, I think possibly they had a, a bigger following, you know, maybe even 10 years ago when the label Def Tex was about. Yeah, Def Tex. Um, yeah, but, you know, and they're still doing their thing. So they're now on a, a label out of Bournemouth called Beeline Recordings. Okay. Um, and yeah, they're, they're well worth checking live. One, one of the greatest we've had down. Wicked. All right, so we're holding court. What have you got planned for the future? Um, coming up in early February, we've got our eighth birthday. Um, we actually we run shows in Reading and London, as I said, so um, we'll be trying to carry that through from doing a Reading show and in, in London as well with something special. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And other, I know hip-hop is all about spreading love, so what other uh, London-based promoters would you shout out for hip-hop nights? Um, London-based promoters, um, well, actually, there's a, obviously... Uh, radio station HFM, um, they're a, a hip-hop dedicated radio station. They've got an event coming up on Saturday. Um, yeah. So, yeah, get down to that. It's Black Twang and Thai. So. Is that one the one in Brixton? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's chip right, shop. the chip shop. Yeah, right. so I recommend checking those guys out. Uh, they got their finger on the pulse, obviously, running a station. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. where can we hear more about the Holding Court family and what you're getting up to? Um, just check out the website and, and Twitter. It's Holding Court... Uh, complication without a g so h-o-l-d-i-n-c-o-u-r-t dot org holdingcourt.org um and holdingcourt hq and all uh social media form just get at us and yeah love to connect with people too so 
Wicked. And we'll be putting together a playlist of all the some of the artists that you represent that you recommended to me, and also some of the ones that we didn't have time to talk about on this particular set. But appreciate it. Thanks for coming Absolutely. through. Luke. Thank you very much. Thank you both. Um, so moving on to something totally different. Um, we've gone from jazz to hip hop and now we're going on to radio. So I know it's not quite an East London story, but super relevant for anyone interested in the exciting and slowly evolving medium that is radio. I said I'm in Jamaica and I wear, I talk, the clothes I wear. If you have even the remotest interest in radio, then this is the place that you can come where you'll actually go away knowing how to pursue that interest. I'm Aradna Tile. I'm one of the organisers of Radio TechCon. Radio TechCon is a conference. It runs every year. It's the UK conference for the technical broadcast radio and audio industry. It's really important to be able to come together and actually see what each other are doing, um, right from, you know, the big national BBC and commercial networks to the much, much smaller community and hospital and student radio stations. So for those people who aren't necessarily in the industry in the kind of technical sense, who aren't radio engineers, who aren't sound engineers, etc., your programme has really got a lot for people who have an amateur interest in radio and the future of radio in general. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the sessions that you're doing around you know, different uses of radio in the, and the future and where we're going with it? Absolutely. I mean, it's it's really important to us to have the general technical conversation. And our audience, it is hardcore engineers who are on the front line fixing studios. It's managers who are maybe making decisions on the future of radio. And we also really welcome producers and presenters and production staff who are maybe a little bit more tech savvy or want to be because... You don't have the technical side and the production side being standalone things anymore. It's just not the way that the world works. And to make the best radio, you've got to be bringing those things together. As an engineer, you really need to understand the production process and the content that you're trying to broadcast. The general theme through the day, you've hit now on the head, is around kind of the changing landscape of radio and audio. So... What does that mean? It's how audiences are consuming content now, which platforms they're using, where they're listening, how they're listening. Is it more personalised? Is it on demand? Always trying to focus on, you know, getting the best quality sound out of your radio broadcasts. There's two reports that have recently independently been commissioned this year about the the way that audio and radio experiences are changing and where the focuses are. And it's a a real theme for the conference. So one of them has been commissioned by the British Library. So we'll have Nikki Birch, who was the main author of the report, giving a keynote address reporting on her findings. She's looked at several different angles, talked to lots of different people, and is really looking at how the audience are listening, where they're listening, about interactive and personalised experiences and about non-linear. The other report is from the Knowledge Transfer Network. 
They have funds available to research and development in radio and audio. Tony Chernside recently authored a report for them on the future of radio and audio and highlighted some key areas of focus that we should be looking at and and the bits that he feels are going to become more and more relevant going forward. So it'll be really interesting to hear the findings from both of those independently commissioned reports and see where they align and how they match up with what the rest of the industry is actually working on, which they'll also be reporting back on during the conference. And um, just as a couple of the highlights of the the sessions that you'll be running, so you're actually doing a specific session in un, called Under the Bonnet of in-car radio. So what are you specifically looking at there? We're going to open that session with a mini masterclass. So this is where we're really reaching out to everyone who has an interest on what is in-car radio, how does it work, what's RDS, what's DLS, what are these crazy acronyms, how do you get radio in the car and if you're a radio station, whether you're a big one or a small one and you have a licence such that someone can listen to your station in the car, what do you need to be thinking about and how do you actually do it? So hopefully you'll go away with some really practical skills. And then there's something else on solar-powered transmission, what what are the developments in in solar power and what are you going to be looking at for this um well this is a session that i'm really excited about you know this is a the uk conference but we're really looking internationally at what else are people doing and what do we need to learn about and what do we need to think about and how can we be a part of it last year we had two people come over to techcon to present from south sudan about setting up a radio station and what the different challenges of that are and things that we just can't conceive of in this country. So this year, we're now looking at viability of using solar panels to be able to run your studio or to run your transmitter. We're hopefully going to hear from engineers in South Sudan themselves. It's been a collaborative project to get the report together. Can I just mention there's something that I find really exciting? You know, how we're maintaining this incredible infrastructure that we have. But there's also so many interesting things internationally. We've got a whole strand of sessions around that. So we're talking about unwelcome broadcasting. So those countries that will actively try and block your signals that won't let you get news and information and vital education out to the world, what we can do to get round that and overcome that. And also some really interesting research that's come from Open Labs in Newcastle University around being able to send out really important health education information via phone networks. So a whole different way of radio broadcasting in a place that has absolutely zero radio infrastructure and very little time to set something up. Radio TechCon takes place on the 28th of November, that's a Monday, at the Arts Theatre in London's West End, just next to Leicester Square Tube Station. All of the information on sessions and how to buy tickets are on our website. That's radiotechcon.com. 
If you have even the remotest interest in radio, then this is the place that you can come where you'll actually go away knowing how to pursue that interest, what you can do about it, how to get a radio station up and running. Because believe it or not, you can with just a couple of people and a little bit of equipment. And you can actually learn a lot at the conference about the technicalities of it. So there are discounts available for Radio Techcom for members of the Radio Academy or other industry organisations such as Sound Women, CMA, SRA, RIG and IET. I don't know what any of those acronyms stand for, but (laughs) you can get discounts. You are listening to the East Cast Show on Resonance 104.4 FM and DAB. And don't forget, you can get in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook. We're at East Cast Show. And you can listen again to our interviews and music online on iTunes, East Cast Show London, and at eastcastshow.com, where you can also sign up to receive our monthly newsletter. So you'll be getting all your audio news straight into your inbox. Thank you, Katie. And with us now in the studio is Danielle Celeste from the Theatre Company of the Wall Players, who I've had the pleasure of working with on a fascinating oral histories project called Backyard Reflections of Home and Belonging in the East End. Welcome, Danielle. So tell us a little bit more about this project. What is it exactly? Okay, well, Backyard is an oral history uh, project about um, the narratives of the Afro-Caribbean community living in the East End. Um, why specifically the Afro-Caribbean community? Why, 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 what was the interest there? Um, well, the interest, um, I think, because in the East End there's been a history of migration that has been charted. So people talk about the Huguenots, the Jewish, Polish, Bangladeshi communities and obviously there's been lots more over the past few hundred years whatever but people often don't talk about the afro-caribbean community who came in their droves from uh, perhaps the 1930s from from the world the war the second world war so i thought it was really important to chart that and you talked to people across four generations, so people who came up uh, came over initially on the Windrush, and their children, their grandchildren, their great grandchildren. Um, what were the most kind of interesting things that you observed from the? I mean, you asked a lot of questions about identity, home, belonging, and what these then means to the community. So, were there any things that kind of jumped out or surprised you about? Um, some of the conversations that you had? Um, I think there's two uh, things that I think were probably the most surprising thing for me. Um, the first thing was the uh, barring the two older um, um, interviewees, everybody else talked about, when I asked questions around food in the East End, talked about chicken shops. And I'd never thought of chicken shops as... Um, somewhere to eat or I even thought about that and that was really surprising to me but it was obviously something that um, that now in the modern era is something that's really kind of pertinent to the East End and people who live there so that was quite surprising and the second thing that was really surprising was the 
the feeling of loss, a loss of community, a loss of places to gather, um, a loss of places and people to meet and kind of rejoice in the East End community and also the Caribbean community that was living there. So, so It was interesting, though, because each generation talks about that loss of community. So they were kind of, I don't know, mourning the, the community that they'd lost from the generation before. But, you know, obviously even the youngest interviewee was talking about the same thing. So that community is obviously still there somewhere, but um, maybe it's becoming weaker and weaker. What, what do you think? I think always with all history projects, um, there is a question of nostalgia, no matter what age you are, and thinking about better years or, you know, it was better 10 years ago or, you know, whatever. So there is an element of that. But also I think that um, in this coming age where we're, we're going, we're kind of gathering more and more towards or we are already there, but it's becoming more intense, the kind of consumerism and and capitalist um, uh, society. I think maybe we think more about I um, and ourselves instead of we and community. And maybe as each generation comes, that is becoming weaker and weaker. And that does come up in a lot of the interviews, this kind of loss of the we and the the, the I coming through, especially in the kind of more regenerated areas. And it's all, all about consumerism and the last the kind of loss of church gathering and, and community clubs and things like that. Um, you mentioned chicken shops. Food features a lot in these interviews. There's this kind of nostalgia of Caribbean food, but also of the old East End food. Like a lot of people talk about their love of pie and mash and eat jelly deals and things like that, which was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I did mention before, but I always try and in most of my projects, I use uh, food as a re- recurring theme because I think that food is something that is a quite a easy measure of culture because everybody eats food and um even in the communities that I that I that I like to collect narratives from which are often underrepresented or unheard um it doesn't matter you know food always plays a part you know sometimes um other things have been taken away from people you know they lose their language or they lose their right to vote they lose their right to 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 walk or be present in certain spaces but we always have to eat so so um where can people listen to these interviews what what will they find where where is this where does this project live so this project lives on backyardproject.org on the internet um, so we have the radio show and also the longer interviews of all of all the uh, participants. So, yeah. So there are twelve um, interviews on there, and then a one-hour kind of radio piece, which we're going to hear a clip of. Um, so this is just the beginning of that, but there's plenty more to listen to. Thank you so much, Danielle, for coming and telling the, uh, telling us about this amazing project. And yeah, just go to backyardproject.org to hear more. I said I'm in Jamaica and I wear a talk, the clothes I wear, and the store I go in to buy things. Ruby was born in Jamaica. 
She's 80 years of age and arrived in Southampton on the Esconia boat in the 60s. And my brother came and picked me up. And then he put on this long thing on me. I didn't know what, I didn't ask him what, what they call it, a coat. And it was long because I'm short and it covered me, but I was still cold. I wanted to go back home because it was cold and thing was different. And my brother said, huh, you want to go back home? It take money to go and it take money to come. So if you want to go back home, you have to go work and pay me my money, and then you find your money to go home. So that was it. So I didn't say anything else. I stick with it. Things were expensive. You couldn't go out and buy it because so much people coming in. So they have salesmen that come to your house, and they said, what do you want? What do you want? I have coats. He had everything, the salesman. And he said, turn around, let me see what size you are. And I, at the time, I was about size 18, because I'm always on the heavy side. He said, turn around. And he turned around, and he measured me and said, oh, size 18, that will fit. And he gave me a black one. And I said, yeah, that's much warmer. And he gave me that. And it's um, a pound a week. Sometimes if you have more than a pound, you give it to him. It was different from now. You see a lot of store out there, stall they call them. And you see a lot of pubs. So pubs was open early and close late. And lots of people go into the pub. And they go, they say, get me a pint. Everybody go get a pint. And you drink that pint and keep you warm. And then if you go in the pub like in the night, you see a man, him. He don't know nothing about piano, but it was fun to go in the pub because it was like a family thing. You go in the pub, if you have the children with you, you buy fish and chips and put it on the pram and give them their picking and eating. And the man go on the piano and he tum 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 and tear and they singing and knees up Mother Brown, knees up Father Brown and the knees up, knees up, knees up, everybody kicking their foot and Oh, and they're drinking. Drink up, love. Drink up. Yeah, love. Have a good time. Yeah, go on, love. Go on. And it was noisy, but good time. Music all over. It was good. Really good. Now you don't see none of that. Everything changed. The East End was the best place to ever live. But now they don't have no socialized. You don't see anybody. Nobody know anyone anymore. And if the people them cook something... And they had something, and it was too much. They said, love, I cook a little bit of... They had lamb. I cook a little bit of lamb. It's too much for me and Charlie. Oh, you want it for the kids? Yeah, go on. Take it, love. Take it. So, some spots in it, too. Yeah, go along. Have it, love. It's good, good. I just cooked it. Go on, love. It's lovely. You don't see nobody going to dance anymore. I don't know, even the younger people. I don't know what they do for fun. I don't see them go out. They use a lot of clubs. They had the All Nation, and they have a lot of clubs. They have Acne Town Hall, used to have blues dance, and the people used to dance. And then a whole of us used to, one person buy, rent a taxi, and the taxi carry all people on the floor, you know, take you to dance. And then kebab, you buy one kebab, and three, four people have a bite of it. And we go, and we were just loving. 
But now you don't have that anymore. Socialize is worn out. Because people move away, people get older, and um, the young people no more coming in. They're not coming in from the Caribbean anymore. Me, I love Tom Jones. The whole house is just standing. Tom Jones, that was nice. Yeah, I love that, yeah. What a peaceful I'm there to meet me. He's my mom and papa. I love that. I love that one. I love Tom Jones. I don't hear nothing about him these days. He's in America, I don't know. And if you want to hear more audio portraits or the hour piece created for resonance, just go to backyardproject.org. Now for some more music from Jazz New Blood, here are Alexandra Riddell on trumpet and Noah Stoneman on piano with buttons.
Man, love that. That was Alexandra Riddow on trumpet and Noah Stoneman on piano with a track called Buttons. And you can hear them in full formation on the 13th of November at Old Paradise Yard. Now, um, where else can we be hearing these, these, these great musicians, please, Patricia? Well, uh, this is the cream of the cream. So you can, I just urge everybody to go to the website, jazznewblood.org, yeah. because you have all the information about all the bands. You have, uh, you know, their websites. You have videos. You can see, you can, you can, you know, take note of all the dates where they are playing at our festival, Jazz New Blood Alive. Okay. And, uh, you know, just if you want to know individually of, all the bands which mm -hmm. they are all you know high level yeah. you just go to their website and you can get more information about about what's them. the website again just once more jazznewblood.org okay thanks so. very much guys for coming thank you in. thank you for inviting us. us cool so in september zu uk told me about a binaural dating experience which was a concept that i know intrigued me and freaked me out a little pearl you went out to find out about an immersive theater piece about dating in the 21st century didn't you Indeed, I did. This afternoon, actually, um, I met up with Natasha and Izzy from Reuben Fields to find out about an event they're running at Hoxton Hall called The Last Dance. The Institute is devoted to uh, lifelong companionship as the human natural instinct. That's their kind of byline. And we come in and say, okay, so existing couples, you're strengthening bonds and making that commitment because it's not being together, it's staying together that counts. And new members, we're kind of shaking you out of your sense of promiscuity. You know, there's no more Tinder, we're not browsing catalogues. We make a choice and we stick to it for life. So that's the narrative. But the crucial break in the story is that maybe we're looking outside for that connection too much. And maybe we look in. Shall I take you on the yeah. actual route? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. So we start actually at a different venue where we register our new members to the Institute and they get a number which they will then forever be known as along that evening. So forget your name, you're now number 871. That's how we refer to you. And then we walk them in a group. And we take them all the way up to the top. So this is where we start off the experience and it's an assembly. So the director of our Hoxton Institute addresses all the new recruits and welcomes them in. We have some testimonials from long-standing members in here. And then we take them through here and then we back down. We take them into this studio which is our drill hall where we give them a taste of what uh, some of the classes here at the Institute might be like. So this cl the class that we run here is called Connection Through Movement. So we have everyone in here quite regimented again, but connecting and looking people in the eye, and it's, it's very human. So they go through here, and this is the chance to shine. We take them up through the stage, and now we're entering the main hall via the stage. Maybe slightly terrifying if you've not been on stage before, but it's okay because it only lasts a second, and then we let them come down onto the main 
floor. The room itself is really warm and wood and the walls are like a dark burgundy and ornate mirrors with gold around them and two fireplaces opposite each other. Beautiful wooden floor. And then you've got <laughs> our massive disco ball. People come into this room and they experience um, a social dance, so it's still quite, you know, strict but playful. And then from here, one of the characters in here, because we have a rule that's like no dancing alone, and that rule is broken by one of the, the long-standing members, so a rebellion begins. So you're ironing the white T-shirts. <laughs> Steaming some white T-shirts, yeah. yeah. Standard uniform here at the Institute. All of the actors and the audience are dressed the same and that creates this amazing wash. And then taking away any kind of personal difference, it puts everyone on a level which becomes quite interesting when you're talking about conformity and mating without choice with a limited sense of choice. Okay. Yes, it's not... There's no peacocking, as it were. <laughs> yeah. So I'm Izzy, Izzy Soden, and I am one half of Ruben Fields, so the founder. So we started Ruben Fields in 2011, and it's devoted to immersive storytelling, and our mission statement is to get the world playing. So Ruben, who's kind of at the head of our company, he's the little child in our logo, is the inner child inside of all of us, and he's the one that we seek to engage in the pieces that we make. So we bring it out in our audience and our performers. And when approaching briefs or writing stories, we kind of engage that inner child. We're seeking to bring all of that beautiful, juicy play back into our adult lives. I'm Natalie Marsland, creator of plays. So uh, other half of Ruben Fields. And this is Ruben Fields' first flying free, expanding mm. out into the to the abyss. The last dance is a story about love and connection in the 21st century and it's set in a dystopian matchmaking institute that boasts 100% success rate. And those who enter into the Institute soon understand the high price that they pay for love. So it merges immersive storytelling and immersive dance. And we're really interested as a company in kind of the medium of immersive theatre and how it can put the audience inside the narrative. So kind of keeping the coherence of a linear story and then saying, well, our audience, we're asking so much of them as an immersive audience. How do we reward that engagement? And it's by putting them at the heart of the story. So everything we do is seeking to create the transformation of the protagonist in each audience member. It's been really delightful um, looking at the audiences. Some have come alone, some have come with friends, some have come as a couple. And it's about connection as much as it is about love, and it's really an inquiry into love. There's no promise of you will go home with the man of, or woman of your dreams. It's more about kind of how we talk about monogamy, promiscuity, how we approach finding a mate in the 21st century. Dance, dance, dance. dance. We've been running from the... Dance. 
21st, 1st of November to the 26th. Yeah. So registration, which is a new members reception, happens at 7.30 at a pub called Lion and, the Lion and Lamb on Hoxton Street. And that's kind of the public face of the Institute. And then you come on site to Hoxton Institute, which is at Hoxton Hall. And you go on a kind of rollicking adventure through the Institute, uh, sucked in, and then maybe you get spat out. Who knows? And it runs till 9.30 with a, with a big old after party because it ends, as all good stories should, on the dance floor. Well, sadly, it is now time for us to say goodbye. What a jam-packed show we have had this evening. Uh, East Castle will be back soon on Resonance 104.4 FM with more sounds and stories from East London and beyond. In the meantime, you can find everything on eastcastshow.com. And to play us out is another example of the jazz new blood talent. This is Trialogue with Baskara's Wheel. So goodbye and thanks for listening. <laughs>